a vast sum of money back then. As immigration to the United States increased throughout the 1850s and 1860s, officials began to tackle another problem. To move these people to the West as quickly as possible, a system of transcontinental railroads had to be constructed. Naturally, building such railroads required a great deal of money. Track laid on flat land cost about $15,000 per mile. In rougher mountain terrain, the costs skyrocketed to over $50,000 per mile. To encourage construction, the government gave the railroads $155,504,994 acres of land with the right to sell it for a profit. It didn't seem to bother many people that all of this land was home to Native Americans. In order to sell as much land as possible, railroads began competing for the emigrants. They flooded one European country after another with posters, pamphlets, and books promising religious and political freedom, low railroad ticket prices, and cheap, fertile land. The truth was often stretched and sometimes completely ignored. Sunshine cheers the settler nearly all year long. A booklet extolling the virtues of Kansas promised. There are long, beautiful springs, short winters, and the fall is a perpetual paradise. To reinforce this literature, hundreds of railroad pitchmen were sent to Europe and parts of Asia to persuade people to buy their land. The Burlington North Railroad Company had over 850 agents going from country to country selling people on the virtues of life in the United States. These agents proved to be remarkably persuasive. One who worked for the Santa Fe Railroad, C.B. Schmidt, was so good at his job that he managed to get 1,500 Russian Mennonites to abandon their country in one great exodus. Once the initial wave of emigrants had settled in, the settlers wrote to relatives and friends still living overseas. Life wasn't as easy as the pamphlets had promised, they would say, but life was better. And so new emigrants would follow the old, a pattern that continued for the rest of the century. After several decades of emigration, the government had what it wanted. Millions of citizens living and working in the West. As for the railroads, they got buyers for their land, passengers for their trains, and when the farmland began producing crops, customers for their freight cars. There was another, less mercenary result from this intense advertising campaign. In the eyes of millions of people around the world, the United States was firmly established as the land of freedom and opportunity. Travel in the 19th century was always difficult and could be painful and dangerous. This was especially true for poor emigrants. At sea, they were often packed into the bowels of creaky freighters with no fresh air and poor sanitary conditions and given the vilest of food. 
Those who traveled into the interior of the United States were crammed into ancient and uncomfortable railroad cars like so many head of cattle. This book follows the trip of one such emigrant, Robert Louis Stevenson. Stevenson realized that his reason for going to America was unusual, so he always referred to himself as an amateur emigrant. Still, he covered the same hard miles, endured the same discomforts and pain, and felt what just about every other emigrant must have felt along the way. The words emigrant and immigrant are used in this book as Stevenson used them in his writings about his trip. To emigrate is to leave or depart from a country or place. To immigrate is to enter or arrive in a country or place.